If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Getting crazier by the day out there, folks, as we move ever closer to the 2020 election. Good to be here. Email address with your thoughts. You can share your thoughts, your questions, your concerns. Your adoration and praise will also be accepted here. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook is where we're streaming our number one of the program today, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow, as long as they'll let us do that, which I don't know. It seems to be a minute-by-minute issue here with Facebook, but it's uh, good to be on Facebook, at least for the time being as well. So, oh, there's a lot to get to today, and there's going to be a lot to get to in the days and weeks to come. We've got this... Uh, what they're calling the skinny Republican bill for the coronavirus uh, legislation. We've got that to talk about. We've got just the political climate. We've got the, of course, in general, we've got stupid things being tweeted by people like the United Nations. (laughs) You're going to love this one, by the way. United Nations. Never let a crisis go to waste, United Nations. United Nations. I mean, look, I get it. It's predictable. We know who these folks are. But to think, to think what the stated purposes of these sorts of organizations are, and then we look at what they turn into, it's quite remarkable, really. Anyway, we've got that. We've got Chris Hayes, MSNBC, tweeting out something stupid as well. But I actually want to start here. I want to start here with the state of Michigan. The state of Michigan, as you know, is a battleground state. The state of Michigan went to President Trump last year, of course, the, or excuse me, last election back in 2016. And the reason, of course, is that President Trump stole Michigan by tricking people in Michigan to vote for him using Russians. That's right, folks. Russia tricked people back in 2016 to vote for, to vote for Trump instead of Hillary. I'm looking right now. There's a latest NBC News Marist poll. Biden and Trump are literally tied in the state of Florida at 48% apiece. But we're talking Michigan here, which, of course, Trump also won Florida back in 16. But Michigan is a state that could uh, also be very, very important, shaping up to be a very, very important state in Michigan as well. But 
Trump tricked people back in 16 using Facebook ads created by Vladimir Putin himself. Vladimir Putin knows how to get into the subconscious minds of people in Michigan and people in Pennsylvania and the minds of people of Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida, and trick them, folks. Trick them using ads. It's a remarkable thing. Facebook ads, Pokemon Go ads also were used, probably some Twitter ads. And that's the story for 16. But now they're shaping up, uh, well, they're, they're positioning, preparing themselves for a potential repeat of that in 2017. In fact, I didn't mention this yesterday, but the I think the Michigan Speaker of the House for the state, the state assembly or the state Congress there, actually came out and said that I think he said Trump's going to win Michigan again. He's a Democrat, afraid Trump's going to win Michigan. So we've got Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer, who's become a bit of a star for the radical left, undoubtedly because of some of the crazy things she's done, like unilaterally say it was illegal to fish on a fishing boat in the middle of the lake by yourself during the coronavirus pandemic because, of course, that's dangerous. And I guess in her words, the way that she looks at it, that's siding with science, following the science. The science tells us fishing on a fishing boat in the middle of a lake by yourself teaches us, science teaches us that that is an incredibly dangerous thing to do. So Gretchen Whitmer is a is, is a bit of a darling on the radical left. But this is a bit of a problem, you know, when you look at the state of Michigan, because when you have a governor as radical as this, as leftist as this, as, uh, I guess, as anti-common sense as she has been, it actually, I think, illustrates the absurdity of liberalism. And so when you're in a state that's, you know, got a, a close election, they think that the vote's going to be close. I don't think it actually helps you in cases like this, in the Midwest anyway. If you're in, if you're in a state like California, Oregon, Washington State, th- those folks, I, I, I hate to say this, I really do, Barring, barring some miraculous sort of events, the, these these states, these states, because of the radical ideology, and candidly, in many instances, just gross immorality, and some of these ideologies, some of the things in these ideologies, folks, are make no mistake about it. It's not just a different idea, but they're grossly, they're grossly immoral. Some of these things and these radical leftist ideologies and they're so far gone it's going to take literally um, something on the scale of of revival to wake up states that have gone this far radical left but you're in the midwest i think there's still there's still a degree of of sense in some of these places there's still a degree of rational thought and so it's obvious some of the things that's happening here in Michigan. But Michigan is distressed, particularly Gretchen Whitmer. She's distressed because both Trump and Biden are coming to do events in her state. She's not worried about Biden's event because, of course, people will be wearing masks and socially distancing. And lastly, there won't be many people there to begin with. But 
That's another thing altogether. But she's distressed at President Trump visiting the state of Michigan. I love how these folks, they, she's, she's distressed because President Trump's coming to the state to possibly, to possibly secure votes, to make his case to the voters in Michigan over Biden. That's where the distress comes from, folks. Folks, these folks are pure political animals. They're pure political animals. They want you to believe that they're always looking out for your good, for my good. Meanwhile, meanwhile, when they think the cameras are off, they take their masks off. They violate the rules themselves. Remember, Gretchen Whitmer's husband made a call to the boat dock or whatever, the company that was responsible for getting boats in the water in the state of Michigan, wherever they had their boat docked. And her husband actually made the statement to the boat dock company because they were on a list. They were too far down that list, I should say, for the husband's liking. And he said, hey, you know, can you can you bump me up? Can you pass? Can you can you take the list? And can you take the names that are above my name and can you move them below my name? And if it helps in determining your answer to that question, can I toss out there that I'm the husband of the governor of the state of Michigan? Remember this? This I am telling you, this is the mindset. This is why our founders put safeguards against power because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I'll tell you, some of these folks thought they had or think they still have absolute power during this time of COVID. They think they can shut down a gym in the state of New Jersey unilaterally, but you can go to the grocery store. I mean, it's, just, it's remarkable. And this is called following, following the science. Even though we've had studies that have shown the efficacy of masks in situations of protecting against flu virus there's not been you know as many tests on the against covid because it's still a it's a coronavirus it's a new virus but wearing in 95 masks in what eight or nine studies taken all the way back to 2009 i believe maybe 2011 roughly the past 10 years there's been eight eight studies that i've seen cited none of them show that they prevent they make any statistical difference in whether or not someone acquires the flu virus. Now, in fairness, it's a different virus, but it's also a, a higher level mask than the average person is wearing. It's not a cloth mask. It's not a cloth mask. It's the N95 respirator mask. Shows no difference. In fact, one of those studies has shown that wearing a mask, wearing a mask and touching your mask and that sort of thing actually can increase your chances of getting in the case, what was flu virus again, but still, still the point is worth, is worth making. And so, but they've positioned this as pro science. And I bring this up, I bring this up because she, Governor Whitmer is really, what's the word she used? Distressed. It's distressing that Trump's coming to Michigan because he's going to come in. There's not going to be any social distancing. He's not going to encourage mask wearing. I'm sure they're going to tell us it's going to be a super spreader event. Biden, on the other hand, is going to follow the rules and follow the science. He's going to come up there with his his little mask on, which, again, I'm not wearing a mask, whatever. I'm not. That's not even the point. Biden is going to be, a, you know, following the rules, setting the example. 
socially distancing, which again is not that hard when you're barely able to fill a library conference room. So you got these two competing events in Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer distressed at Trump's event. I want to play a bit of an interview after the break she had with Anderson Cooper. But I'm telling you, the real reason she's distressed is because President Trump may win the state of Michigan again. That very well may happen. I'm not predicting it, folks. We're, you know, I know, I know we're at the point where everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen in this election. I get asked this probably right now. This is the most common thing I get asked. Who's going to win? Folks, I don't know. I don't know. I can see any number of things happening. But I will tell you this. Back in 2008, when I saw people say they were going to vote for Barack Obama because of his support for a college football playoff, the quality of his jump shot, because he was black, whatever, anything besides ideas, it made me realize it's going to be hard to predict this sort of stuff because there's a sizable chunk of the American population. Folks, there were people that literally went from being Bernie supporters to being Trump supporters. Think about that for a moment. We had people that were prepared to embrace socialism, prepared to embrace socialism. The socialists didn't win the nomination. The Democrat Party was not going to let that be the case back in 2016. The socialists didn't win the nomination, and so they flipped to Trump, who's who's a capitalist. So it's... People vote on reasons and rationale that I cannot always explain. Now, I think that the, the, thought, the, the thought process there was we don't want someone who's been part of the system forever, which how Bernie gets away of, from not being part of the system forever is remarkable to me. But nonetheless, that's how people think of him. At least he's, he's different. He wants to do things that are more radical. And so they say, well, if we can't vote for Bernie, we'll vote for Trump because we're not voting for Hillary. She was in there with Bill. She's been a senator. You know, she's been kind of the face or one of the main faces of the Democrat Party for for quite some time now. So that's why they said we're voting for Trump if we can't vote for Bernie. Makes no sense to me and you because we're thinking these folks are on different ends of the ideological spectrum. But that's not what some people vote for. And so when you factor that in and you're looking at potentially thousands of, you know, just a tiny sliver, a tiny percentage of votes going one way or the other in states like Michigan or Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Minnesota now, Florida, North Carolina, maybe Nevada, or as Trump says, Nevada, New Hampshire. When you look at these states now and you realize it just takes maybe a few thousand in some instances to go one way or the other. It becomes a little bit difficult to predict. And then if all those states, you know, if all of them move a couple thousand votes towards one candidate, it'll look like an electoral landslide. But in reality, this thing's going to be a a close election um, when you look at the numbers as to how we got there. So anyway, I want to talk about Gretchen Whitmer a little bit more after the break. And I got a a lot of other things to get to as well. But we'll start with Gretchen Whitmer after the break. Sit tight. We'll be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So... 
So, so, so let's listen to a little bit of this conversation Anderson Cooper has with Gretchen Whitmer and how distressed she is to have President Trump in her state. And make no mistake, make no mistake about it, the reason is because, the reason is because she's afraid that Trump's going to win support in Michigan. They can say whatever they want to say. And I'm not saying that she's that she wants coronavirus or whatever. I'm just saying that these folks think politics first. I mean, look at look at how quickly everything is political. Everything is political. That's by design, folks. She doesn't want Trump there because she doesn't want Trump winning Michigan. And if Trump can come in and she can throw the negative baggage on him, if she can tie COVID to him, if she can make it sound like this guy virtually, you know, simply by his being here, we're looking at a super spreader event. Biden's event, totally cool, no problems. They'll follow social distancing. They're, they'll wear masks and so forth, but not Trump's people. No, 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 not going to happen. Listen to this conversation she has with Anderson Cooper. This rally where he's also going this week, and that is Michigan. The state's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, joins me now. Governor, thanks for being with us. So President Trump, we see the, the event uh you know, he's holding tonight. He's holding campaign event in your state this Thursday. As you see the pictures today from Florida and also North Carolina with no social distancing, many not wearing masks. How does how do you avoid this happening in Michigan? Can you? Well, it's distressing to say the least. You know, we have been following the science here in Michigan. We have a mask mandate. We've got gathering rules to ensure that we don't have super spreader events. And yet we anticipate that he'll be descending on on this state and perhaps encouraging people to come maskless and and come together and in the ways that we've seen them happening across the country and i think this is very distressing we've pushed our curve down we've saved thousands of lives we've gotten people back to work and events like this threaten all that sacrifice that we've made and and i would love to see the leader of our country embrace masks and encourage people to do the right thing. This is an economic crisis. This is a public health crisis. And we got to get serious about it and focus on getting this right. Are, are you, I mean, I don't know, how does it work do, in, in, you know, in, in your state? Do you, does, do you communicate with the Trump campaign or anyone in the White House about a visit like this? I know you said you have a mask mandate. I, I know in Michigan, if you're outdoors and it's not possible to stay six feet away, you have the mask mandate. Is there anything to enforce a mask mandate, I mean, to a mandate at these campaign events? Well, the fact of the matter is we've been educating our public. People understand the science. They get it. The vast majority of people in the state are doing the right thing. I, I don't doubt that there will be people who want to show up at that event and, and will take the lead from the man himself and drop their guard and could subject themselves to COVID-19. But the fact of the matter is we've got Joe Biden coming into town tomorrow. I know that they are scrupulously following the science. They want to keep their supporters and the general public safe. And whether you're going to one okay. event on Wednesday or the anymore. other on Thursday, I'm going to do everything I can to keep the people of this state safe. Whether sure they're Okay, okay. All we know is Biden safe, Trump, you know, Biden's team scrupulous, Biden's team following the science, Biden's team, you know, just uh, there won't be a single case. Effectively is what she's saying here. Trump's case or Trump's team, on the other hand, wild, flippant, um, putting people at great risk, at great danger. You know, she talks as though Michigan here. Michigan is not 
the poster child. It's amazing to me. Um, you know, Michigan struggled with this very, very early on with 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 COVID, and she acts as though again that they are, I guess, the the example for all to follow. Reminds me a little bit of what Cuomo said. Cuomo's basically held himself out to be the example for how to deal with COVID. In fact, he's writing a book, How to Lead Through a Crisis Like COVID. I don't know what the title is, but that's the premise, you know, showing exemplary leadership during the troubling times of of COVID. And these governors, they they point to Trump and these these Democrat states, they point to Trump as the one who's responsible, as though they have no responsibility whatsoever and until things improve. And then, of course, it's the efforts of of the governor. I hope these governors succeed in keeping their people safe. Of course I do. It just kind of sickens me to to look at the state of affairs and think that everything is truly is truly political. And I mean, look, again, um the idea that they followed the science in Michigan from the beginning is in my estimation kind of a laughable thing because the things that they were subjected to in the state of Michigan are far from far from scientific far from scientific but that's the narrative here Biden and his team following the science Trump and his team deliberately putting their own voters I guess at risk that's the way that they want you to think about this which reminds me Biden seems to be backpedaling a little bit on his view of a mandated mask did you see this now a couple of weeks ago he and Kamala Harris both were out there talking about how they would look at a national, uh, you know, mask mandate at least to put pressure on states to do so. Now it's a, it appears that Biden is changing his tune on that. In fact, saying that that's unconstitutional. I'm looking here at an article at the DailyWire.com. Biden flip-flops after admitting national mask mandate plan is unconstitutional, now says he won't do it. Reading here really quickly from this article, Joe Biden wants every American to wear a mask, and if he wins the White House, he has vowed to mandate mandatory masks for all. Quote, every single American should be wearing a mask when they're outside for the next three months at a minimum. Every governor should mandate Mandatory mask wearing. The estimates by the experts are that it will save over 40,000 lives in the next three months. 40,000 lives if people act responsibly, Biden said last month. Continuing, Biden says, let's institute a mask mandate nationwide starting immediately and we will save, we will save lives. Then he lectured Americans saying it's not about your rights, it's about your responsibilities as an American. Wearing the mask is less about you contracting the virus, it's about preventing other people from getting sick. This is America. Be a patriot. The things that Biden consider, uh, considers being a patriot include wearing a mask and paying your fair share of taxes, whatever in the world that's supposed to mean. Protect your fellow citizens, he says. Step up. Do the right thing. Kamala Harris has said this is what real leadership look looks like. We just witnessed real leadership, which is Joe Biden said that as a nation, 
We should all be wearing masks for the next three months because it will save lives. Now, now he's uh, been on a this Sunday a, a, a podcast, I think, with um, Dennis Welch. Dennis Welch, publication and host of Politics Unplugged. He says this. Here's the deal. The federal government, this is Biden talking, there's a constitutional issue whether the federal government could issue such a mandate. I don't think they can constitutionally they could, so I wouldn't issue a mandate. But he'd plead with, I guess he'd plead with states and governors. He kind of doesn't finish his thought there. I carry my mask with me wherever I go. Reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine who told me, ran into a police officer as he was waiting in line at a gas station. The city had said, I won't mention the city at particular city here but it's in indiana the police said that they would not be enforcing the mandate the mask mandate issued by governor holcomb so that was what the police reported however the officer was standing there with the this individual that i knew waiting and he was buying a pop or coffee or something and he heard a voice behind him say, where's your mask? And he turned around, and it was a police officer who also was not wearing a mask, by the way. Not wearing a mask. This individual kind of chuckled. I think I've shared this on here before. And anyway, the officer said, no, I'm serious. Where's your mask? And there was a bit of a discussion back and forth. A lady behind them in line said, where's your mask? And he said, my mask is in the car. Reminds me of Biden here. I carry my mask with me everywhere. When the cameras are on, Biden should say, I'd be sure to put my mask on. But the second those cameras are off, I don't do that. I mean, you've seen this. This is how they this is how they behave. This is this is part of the production. Again, I'm not saying this is not even a commentary on wearing masks. I see people with very strong feelings thinking, you know, some people think that it's attempted murder if you don't wear a mask outside. You're trying to kill your fellow man. This is the mindset, depraved mindset that says that this is attempted murder. But what have you, Biden will put that thing on for the cameras and then preach at us as, as to how it's our patriotic duty, patriotic duty to do the same because he carries his mask with him at all times, carries it with him. Why don't you wear the thing at all times? I know that you wear it when the cameras are on, just like the CNN reporters do. But the second that thing's off, I you, you see what happens. The people on the other side of the camera have not been – it's been documented. They've not been wearing their masks. This is all – again, they want to politically put this to their advantage. They want to politically put this to the, their advantage. They think that by having a mask on, the message is Donald Trump created this environment whereby we must wear masks just to stay alive. Just to stay alive. That's the little visual reminder that they want us to have. And again, no comment. Wear a mask if you will. Follow the whatever. I'm not even commenting on that. I'm simply saying that it's being used for political purposes. These folks make everything political. You know it. I know it. The gig is up. They're going to have to find a different technique and strategy because it's obvious what they're doing, and I've got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
Welcome back. I have a, <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm entertained sometimes by this. And I, look, I understand. Uh, there's a couple things here in, in the news that I want to share with you. It's, a, it's amazing how the left finds a way to make whatever issue, whatever they want to make the election about, whatever they want to use or do to make some sort of political point or to gain an advantage in elections, what they'll do to make their point. So saw this in Breitbart this morning. This is an actual tweet, <laughs> a tweet, no, was it a tweet or a Facebook post from, from the United Nations. Now, I know you're not a fan of the United, I'm not a fan of the United Nations either as far as what they, what they stand for, what nations that they seem to condemn and, you know, say bad things about like Israel, often the United States. Meanwhile, letting other nations like Iran and China seemingly get away with whatever they want to get away with. So the United Nations here tweeted out, this is a tweet, this was September 6th. This was at 9.06 a.m. I want you to listen to this tweet. This, this is remarkable to me. Even by, even by today's standards, here's what the tweet said. The COVID-19 pandemic is demonstrating what we all know. Okay, and let's just pause. What what do we know through the through the lens of people like the United Nations that Trump created it? That it's not the Euro, uh, China virus; it's the European virus, or it's even the Trump virus, right? Uh, or Trump killed Americans. Trump put people's lives at risk. Again, following the narrative. Now, this is going to take a turn you weren't expecting here. So these are things that if you read read that first part of the sentence, you might think, okay, this is where this is going to go. No, no, it's not. It's actually demonstrating something else, according to the United Nations. Millennia of patriarchy have resulted in a male-dominated world with a male-dominated culture, which damages everyone, women, men, girls, and boys. This is what the United Nations is out there tweeting. So COVID-19 is a perfect opportunity, perfect opportunity to show that it's time. They don't say this, but they may as well say this. It's your perfect opportunity. It's dim- COVID-19. COVID-19 has em- demonstrated that the world is sexist. That's what it's done, which is a strange thing to say because I think COVID-19 affects men much more severely than it does women on average. More men are dying from COVID-19 than women, if we can, whatever we can believe from what we're being told. So, but COVID-19 exposes the world's sexism, exposes the patriarchy, shows us that it's now time, it's now time to abandon the male-dominated world with our male-dominated culture. It's what we've learned from COVID-19, according to the United Nations. According to the United... That's a lesson. That's the lesson of COVID-19, according to the United, the United Nations. This, these are supposed to be the brightest 
the most insightful, bringing different cultures and the world together just to make us all one big happy family. That's what the United Nations is here to do to make sure that, you know, we all work together and use this vehicle for peace around the world and all this sort of stuff. What's the lesson of COVID-19 according to these leftist lunatics? Millennia of patriarchy has resulted in a male-dominated world with a male-dominated culture which damages everyone, women, men, girls, and boys. So I guess this is an endorsement of the Biden-Harris ticket because it's time. 2016 was time for there to be a woman president, but Americans were tricked out of that by voting uh, in accordance with what Putin wanted because Facebook tricked him and Pokemon Go tricked him and Twitter tricked him. But the United Nations is out in front of it this time. The United Nations is telling us that this is COVID-19 has exposed the need to get rid of the patriarchy. The patriarchy. And so we can't, we don't have a female at the top of the ticket as president. So we can't go to that situation just yet. But we can vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We can cast that ballot In fact, maybe even multiple times, as we'll talk about next segment. But we can cast that ballot to get rid of the patriarchy. And how do we know it's time to get rid of the patriarchy? COVID-19. This only makes sense to a lover of big government, a radical leftist, a socialist. Because this, my friends, is erratic thinking, is not logical thought, is not coherent, it's it's not reasonable. But this is, this is the lesson, I guess. It's demonstrated that patriarchy has existed, and it's time to replace it. And they may as well said hashtag Biden-Harris 2020. I've got to take a break. United Nations, thank you for your brilliance and insight, further demonstrating just how much we don't need. We don't need the United Nations. But nonetheless, time for me to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So, did you see here? Did you see here that according to I think it was the I'm, I'm pulling this back up. Bear with me here. Da, 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 da. There we go. Georgia's Secretary of State says that 1000 people double voted in the Georgia primary. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger announced Tuesday that about 1,000 Georgians face investigation for voting twice in the state's June 9th primary, a large-scale allegation of fraud eight weeks before Election Day. These voters returned absentee ballots and then also showed up at polling places on Election Day. Raffensperger said double voting is a felony in Georgia. A double voter knows exactly what they're doing, diluting the votes of each and every voter that follows the law, Raffensperger 
said during a press conference at the state capitol. Those that make the choice to game the system are breaking the law, and as Secretary of State, I will not tolerate it. No word as to whether or not the Democrats and the media consider this an example of voter fraud. Now what – again, now what happened here? Now I know tr- Trump, Trump said recently, postulated, hey, if you're worried about your vote counting – Go in, cast your ballot by by absentee ballot. Res, you know, request that thing the right way. Get that ballot, fill it in, and send it. If you're not sure that it went, if you're not sure that it counted, show up at the polls on election day <clears throat> and say, "Hey, I'm here. I cast a ballot, but you know, it seems to me that if I can still vote today, um, it's because my vote wasn't counted. I shouldn't be on that roll, right? Sort of thing." <laughs> So now in Georgia, now in Georgia, we're hearing that a thousand people, a thousand people double voted in the Georgia primary. And they're still going to tell us that there's no proof, no proof whatsoever that there's anything wrong. There's any sort of loopholes with mail-in voting. Of course there are. It's just not, it's not a genuine statement to say that there's no problem. Folks, there's problems with any with with any voting, I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. I'm just saying that we need to be aware. To say that there's to say that there's no fraud in some type of voting is to say that you're not paying attention. Is to say that you're not going to be able to be objective enough to put safeguards in place to prevent against fraud. Of course, there's opens openings for fraud. Why wouldn't there be? We're dealing with people. People who are trying to steal elections, they're not a they're this is who they are. They're not they're not law abiding citizens. They believe in their mind whatever method they have to do to get the candidate that they want elected elected, they're justified in doing whatever it takes. Again, a thousand people, according to the state attorney general, excuse me, Secretary of State, excuse me. In Georgia, said a thousand people double voted during the primary back in June, and it was tied. It's tied to there. the The two votes came from casting an absentee ballot, a mail in ballot, if you will, and then showing up at the polls. Not allowed to do that. Can't vote twice, no matter what Rahm Emanuel says. I got to take a break. Come back and wrap up hour number one. You're listening to Conservative, Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. We have all sorts of things to cover today, yet uh, in hour number two, which will be on YouTube. Todd Huff Show. Just go to the go to the YouTube, and we'll be on there for hour number two. And we'll continue our conversation. Again, a lot of other things to get to, including potential stimulus bill. MSNBC's Chris Hayes also tweets out some stupidity which, of course, is, I guess, par for the course with some of the things we hear coming out of MSNBC. There's lots of stuff we haven't touched yet today, and we'll get to those things in hour number two. So I appreciate you checking us out here in the first hour. Again, YouTube is where we'll be for hour number two. And as always, I appreciate you so much for being here. 
Guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Check us out. YouTube, Hour 2, here in the next couple minutes. SDG. See you in a few.